What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch, and I'm your host. Today, we are joined by Adi Kaju again, the owner of Working Against Gravity. If you guys didn't listen the first time when Adi was on, you're in the minority. That is our number one rated podcast. I went and checked it after I recorded with her this time. It's our number one rated podcast of all time. It's episode number 25. On this episode, we cover some of the stuff that we started talking about in episode 25, but didn't really get a great opportunity to to follow through on. Like, for example, we talked about um, what it means to improve your relationship with food, how to gain weight effectively. Everybody talks about how to lose weight. We talked about how to gain weight, how to know if you need to add more protein, more carbohydrates, more fat, more food in general. We talked about that. We, of course, also talked about how to lose weight. We talked about the idea that you don't have to do it all at once. You might not need to weigh and measure your food at all, but you definitely don't need to weigh and measure your food right away. You know, when I talk to people about getting into shape and they're they're concerned that they're not going to be able to do what it takes, I like to explain that you don't have to start with five one-hour workouts per week. You can start with five five-minute workouts per week and make that a habit and then up it to 10 Get there over time. And, and Adi is really good at cueing in on what her clients need and what her staff needs to make sure that they're the most effective company in the world when it comes to doing this for people. Um, we discussed the idea that her company does not do video calls, but that that actually makes their service better. And while that might be a hard thing for somebody to understand, wait a minute, I'm getting less from this person than I might from another company who does video calls. We discussed the downside of doing too much and the upside of doing less extremely well. And that part of this episode for me is something that uh, really hits home because I always try to do as much as possible in every facet of life. And I'm learning that less is more, less is better. And just do that less really, really, really well and, and you'll get everything you want from it. And I think that for a lot of you listening, that might be the case as well. You know, you, you you wake up in the morning to the alarm clock, you do your little morning routine, which is not really a routine, it's a morning rush. You go to work, you come home from work, maybe you get the gym in there somewhere in the beginning or in the end of the day. You come home, you eat your dinner, you watch some TV, you go to bed, you repeat. I understand why you might like that or why you might think that you like that, but... um. If you don't, you got to assess what you're doing and decide if you're trying to do too much and maybe back it down a little bit and do the less things with more uh, with more virtuosity. But um, this is a cool podcast. She was obviously the most downloaded of all time for a reason. And I anticipate this one surpassing the first one because we talk about business. We talk about nutrition. We talk about mindset. It's a really, really cool episode. So... If you're looking for a D, you can find her at uh, workingagainstgravity.com. Online, you can find their social media account at at workingagainstgravity. And you can find her at at adikaju. Without any further ado, let's get her on the podcast. All right, Adi, thanks for coming back on. I appreciate it. 
Uh, anytime. You want me on this podcast, I'll come anytime. Nice. Well, I need to come out to Austin then and we'll just have to sit down and record like seven or eight episodes because I was just telling you, like, it's, it's between you and Pat Barber are the most listened to and you were saying it's because, you know, you're not even an athlete. Like, I, I don't really know what it is that's so special about what you were saying, but that one got shared like almost, I think almost 10,000 times, which for us is a solid amount. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. So I was like, I got to have that chick on again. <laughs> yeah. And Pat's a good friend, so I'm glad to be in competition with him. If yeah. I'm going to be by anybody, it could be Pat Barker. Yeah, he was he was here last weekend or yeah, two weekends ago. And it was all like um, we were going to record each other on each other's podcasts. And then we realized we have kids and, and that's never going to happen. We're never going to get a quiet moment to do that in the house. <laughs> so we didn't. But um. Yeah. I thought this time it would be really cool to talk to you about kind of the the growth of the online marketplace for services like nutrition, for rehab, like we're doing, for programming, for all this kind of stuff that's out there. You own this this successful nutrition company. Your husband, Mike, owns a successful fitness brand. You know, you're working against gravity. He's brute strength. I have active life. Like we're doing things online that are that used to get done in person. And I think a lot of people are still really hesitant to change direction and to say that, you know what, I used to do this with someone who went to college specifically for this, whose office I walk into, I step on their scale, they see everything that's going on with me. Now I'm supposed to go into this email box? How, how, how is that going to be as good? Right. So can you kind of talk to how you just, I guess, first of all, how you decided that, no, the email box could be as good. You know, because that, that's, that's not a small decision. Yeah. So, I mean, I decided because I worked with a coach through an email box. Okay. So I just decided through experience and I was working with a coach for just under a year and I saw great success, but I also at the same time saw areas that they could improve that I thought that I could do better. So that's what made me decide. I was like, if this guy's doing it, like, why can't I? So what was the thing that you saw that you felt like was the biggest area of opportunity? Well, the biggest area was nobody was doing it in the place when we first started. So we didn't know, I didn't see anybody else offering this kind of service anywhere. So, and a lot of people were asking for it. So that was really the biggest area of opportunity. And the fact that it, it gave me the ability to reach so many more people than I could possibly reach physically in my space, like my city or wherever I'm living. Oh, so you said you were working with somebody online before, right? So, mm -hmm. so, so someone was offering it in that capacity. Yeah, he was a bodybuilding coach. Got it. So you were looking for a different marketplace. Right, yes. Were you bodybuilding? No, I just, um, one of my coaches, Francesco, he um, was a bodybuilder. And so he, I was asking him for advice on like who I should go to to help me with my nutrition or to just like be accountable to. And he recommended this bodybuilding coach. Um, and there's like a lot of, I mean, the what we do or like a version of what we do is similar throughout bodybuilding. There's tons of companies in bodybuilding that have been doing it for a long, long time. It was just in functional fitness. It wasn't like CrossFit space. Uh, it wasn't as prevalent. Okay. Um, so you started off just saying, I'm going to do this in CrossFit for CrossFitters or for anybody who's looking to use their fitness in a, in a more functional capacity than just to be jacked. Yeah. I mean, 
really anybody, just helping anybody. But at first it was just the people that were reading my blog that were interested. And the blog was working against gravity blog, right? Is that what you were calling yeah. it? Yeah, it was working against gravity.com. In yeah. retrospect, honestly, I would have picked a different name. Which blows me away because I think it's such a good name and you can shorten yeah. it. You've told me that before, but and then you can, you can shorten it down to WAG. You know, it's like everything about it. To me, it makes perfect sense for a company name. What don't you like about it? It's just a mouthful. Like at workingagainstgravity.com is like easy to make typos. It's just a, it's just a long name. I mean, the whole point, I do love the meaning behind it. Like it was chosen with intention, like working against gravity. I was a weightlifter. You're kind of like defying gravity. Um, you're losing weight. It's like kind of like defying gravity. You're, it's the only force in the world that you're constantly working against. Um, I like the meaning. It's just a mouthful. And I, wag also kind of like when you say wag, you think of like dogs. You do kind of think of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and there is a company now that's that's some like something in wags and they're they're, they're dog yeah. company. Mm-hmm. All right, I get it, but I like it. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so so there's people out there right now. My my father, for example, right, who are kind of in the the old school mindset of an online person isn't going to be able to get to know me and to help me the way that somebody in person can. Um, I don't agree with them. That's, that's clear. I have my own online company. Um, but how do you, do you try to bridge that gap for somebody or are you not looking to change people's minds? You're looking for the people who are already looking for it. Um, I mean, I definitely want to try and bridge the gap. I want to try and show people that it is possible to do things online, that that's definitely the direction that the world is moving. And I think people will slowly start to realize it anyways, like that is where the world is going. Uh, And if you want access to the best people, not just the people that are near you, um, it's going to be the best, like the only way to get access to those kinds of people. Um, but I, I definitely try and bridge the gap, but I also try and like incorporate into our online service, the things that there is differences. Like you're going to get differences working with somebody in person than you do getting with working with somebody online. So I try and like bridge that gap too, like incorporate what you're getting in person online. So like, what, what are you talking about? So the th- main thing that you're going to get in person that you're not going to get online is the, the like in-person connection with another human being. Like that's just, we don't do video calls. So online companies that do video calls, you might get that aspect more so than we do, but we don't do video calls. So we'll do put a lot of efforts towards bridging that gap, whether that's having uh, bios about our coaches, like something that you automatically see when you first join the program. Right now we're creating little interviews with our coaches that we'll send to the members so they can learn about their coaches when they first start to like get to know each other. We encourage our coaches to, include aspects of their personal life, not just, you know, analyze their nutrition and keep it super dry. But to we encourage connection on top of just providing a service. So I don't think that you looked at video calls and said, these would make my business, these would make my service worse, right? So what, so what was it about something like a video call, for example, that you decided we're not going to do these? 
Yeah. So I've gone back and forth on this idea so many times. I mean, would I love to do video calls for every single person that joins the program every single week? Yes. hundred percent. It would be super cool. Uh, I also want to create a lifestyle for my staff that I wouldn't be able to create if I did video calls. So I want to be able to create a lifestyle that they can have freedom of place and time and video calls administratively, like making sure that people actually show up for their video calls. I know people say like, oh, like people have a hard time checking in on the right day and they have 24 hours to check in with their coach, let alone being on a video call with good internet connection with a webcam that works to connect with their coach for X amount of time. Um, just rescheduling, making sure our coaches are available, they're in the right time zone, like we're working with people all over the world. So just the cost benefit analysis, it, it keeps winning in the cost direction. Well, I think that the, I think the thing that you're hitting on is that it actually does make your company better not to have them. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where people, people look for, what could I add? to become more valuable often. I see this a lot, especially in, and I know a lot of people who have online businesses and, and I see a lot of, we're adding this service, we're adding this service, we're adding this service. And we did it. We kind of fell into that trap. Sometimes it's better to say, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do this because then you can be really, 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 really good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And, and the person who is working with one of your staff members is no longer having to say to themselves, man, this guy looks tired, right? Or I'm not getting great results. I'm not getting great responses because the staff member knows exactly what their job is and how to do it. And there's no disruption to that. Right. So totally. I think I think that's huge value. And as much as I hate to give them credit, the, the New England Patriots do it. You know, it's the, the know your job and, and that's it. No one's canceling on you. We don't have a policy for someone canceled their call now someone's upset we're going to ask you one time there's just this once can you call them on a different hour that doesn't have to happen right totally i think i think that's i think that's smart i think it's cool but but you're welcome so you mentioned to me before that that you do have some dietitians on your staff are those dietitians on your staff and then you know what before you even go there can you explain to me the difference between what a dietitian What's in the scope for a dietitian and what's not in the scope for a different coach? Uh, for, for us, I can only explain it like from our perspective. Okay. For us, uh, our registered dietitians on the team are going to work with maybe more complicated cases. So people who are maybe dealing with thyroid issues, maybe uh, individuals who are having who have some, maybe they're diabetic or maybe they have some medical issues that they're managing that um, our other nutrition coaches haven't gotten that deep of a level of education, which we're actually trying to change. So the dietitians are actually providing education to the other coaches to help them with these kinds of things. So it's almost like we're creating an internal university that can give all of our coaches the same level of uh, intel, but that, that would be the, the different, the biggest difference. I think like I would feel more comfortable with the registered dietitians managing that aspect of the new, the client's nutrition. Sure. And so when somebody comes in, do I imagine I, I'm not a working against gravity client. Maybe I should be, I gained like six pounds in three days in Cookville and then in, in a day and a half back home, it's gone. I think I was just eating a lot of uh, salty food, but um, 
food was still in you, literally. That's probably the, <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I told my wife, I'm like, I would get so jacked if I lived there. I would just eat like all the time and just keep on working, like work out all day. It's insane. Um, yeah. But uh, so when somebody starts up with you, do they let you know if they're a complicated case? Do they even know if they're a complicated case? Uh, the people that know should let us know. I mean, it is a question on our intake questionnaire. And if they don't let us know, then they're like hiding that information. Right. But, uh, and there's like not much we can do about that. But people that do know, they will let us know. And then other people, sometimes we've had actually really interesting cases of people figuring it out from being on the program. So from tracking your nutrition, being super consistent and noticing that you're not getting these results that you should be getting when you actually are putting the appropriate amount of work in makes you be like, Hey, maybe I should go get a little bit of a deeper check. And we've had, I mean, one case was like super extreme where someone realized that they had like a pretty serious illness that they had to get managed and they caught it pretty early, earlier than they would have caught it before just from being conscious of their nutrition and watching their body weight and body composition and stuff like that. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense, you know, because it's, I, I've never eaten right before. So why would I lose weight? Now I'm eating right or gain weight, whatever the case might be. And now I'm eating right and I'm still not losing weight. Well, are you really, you know, the first question is obviously going to be, well, are you actually doing what you're saying you're doing? Okay. And, yeah. then, and then when it's, yes, I am. Well, then the next question is, well, then you should be losing weight. Right. Why aren't you? And then, well, we, should be, like, we shouldn't be seeing a trend in like a different direction. Like your energy should be better. You should be sleeping better. You shouldn't have like all of these things continuing to get worse when all their habits are getting better. Right. No, I'm with that. I think that's very cool. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a benefit that I hadn't really thought of, you know? And so, so, so to me, the reason why we started our company and you let me know if this is something that you experienced yourself. Cause I think I find this to be interesting. And when I have this conversation with people, you know, it, it kind of turns a light bulb on sometimes because when I tell people we want to replace physical therapy for active populations worldwide, they're like, what? You're yeah. out of your mind. And I'm like, that's perfect. I love it. Like, yeah, it's, it's perfect. Right. So don't try yeah. it. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I always say that whenever I tell some, whenever I tell a room full of people, my idea, I want a few people to think it's a good one and everyone else to think I'm out of my mind. Good. Um, that's a, like a, that's one of my favorite questions. I don't know if you want to add this to your roster of questions you ask people on podcasts, but what do you want like 10 years from now to be, or 30 years from now to be absolutely absurd? Like currently it's like totally absurd for like the person who the cashier at the grocery store to be smoking a cigarette. Mm -hmm. But 30 years ago, that was totally normal. Right. So like, what do you want to be absurd? And for you, that's your answer. Well, Let's 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 have that conversation real quick. Because Mike, oh. your your husband Mike, actually asked me that on his podcast, and okay. at the at the time, um, I said that I wanted to be totally absurd that people would be spending their money on ridiculous tools to increase mobility for the moment. That people would actually you know not be suckered into buying a foam roll with you know with with spikes on it because it hurts a little bit more while they use it. That they would be educated enough to make decisions about their mm -hmm. buying. Nowadays, I've, I take it a step further and yeah, I want it to be absurd that you would have to go to somebody's office three days a week, wait for 20 minutes in their waiting room, drive 20 minutes to their office, be seen, seen in quotes for 30 minutes by some athletic trainer while the 
you know, the staff, the, the lead staff wrote up the program and then pay for it on your way out. So you're basically having to give up an hour and change three times a week for however many weeks you need care so that somebody can supervise you doing exercises you could have done in your house. To me, that is a practice that I really hope will be absurd in the next 10 years. And I plan to make it absurd. I love it. But so what about you? What do you plan? What do you hope to have be absurd in the next 10 years? I have so many things I hope to be absurd. Rip like, them off. <laughs> first, most importantly, I want it to be absolutely absurd for people to have to be like part of a specific diet dogma to, in order to succeed in their nutrition. Like I want it to be absurd that people can't educate themselves. Like you don't, you're not empowered with the information to be able to keep your own nutrition. Like I want that to be totally absurd. Like people, I want people to understand what it is they need to eat to get the results that they're looking for without needing, like being part of a community is great for the aspects of being part of a community, but needing it um, is a little bit of a different thing. I want that to be absurd, but I also want obesity, obesity to be absurd. Like I want it to be used like seeing somebody who's absolutely obese to be like, oh, that's crazy. I haven't seen someone like that in 10 years. Like that's just totally absurd. Uh, I want it to be absurd for people to um, be working jobs that they absolutely hate. Um, I want that to be totally absurd. Like you work a job that you don't love. That's crazy. Like, do you? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's wild. You go every single day, nine to five to a job you hate. That's just absurd. I want that to be absurd. Um, that's pretty much, those are my top. I like that. You, know, <laughs> the, the, you have a, you have an uphill battle on some of those. If you, if you, yeah. if you, if you plan to be the one who makes the change. <laughs> and I, th I think that they're all really admirable things to have be gone. You mm -hmm. know, cause I mean the, the idea of obesity to me is, is, is just a, a flat out lack of knowledge and lack of resources. And, and that's, that's sad. You know, I, when, I, when I look at obesity as, as, a, as a culture, our American culture is an obese culture, no matter how you slice it. People can, sure. you can be offended by that all you want, but it's the truth. And the reason for that is because it's less expensive, it's easier, and it's faster to get foods that are going to make you obese over time if they're eaten with regularity. What's harder is learning what not to eat because it shouldn't be outlawed that you can go get a 12, a 12 pack of chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A, but there shouldn't be Chick-fil-A's across the street from each other, which both have lines at the drive-thru and lines inside at the same time. Mm -hmm. That, that blows yeah. my mind. I mean, it's, it's, it's so like banning things is never the option. It's just going to be like prohibition, you know, like people are going to find it when they want to find it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it really is like what you're saying, like an education thing. Like one perfect example is that Michael and I went to, um, on my birthday, we went to the grocery store and we, I got like a pint of ice cream and we had this um, cereal also as part of it. And this person at the, the cashier at the grocery store was like, oh, you're making your ice cream healthier. And I was like, wait, we're just adding <laughs> to the ice cream. I'm adding um, a sugary cereal to a sugary dairy product. Yeah. And it was just, we both were like, oh, like, but he really believed that. Like he really believed that this cereal was making my ice cream healthier and didn't consider that I'm just adding to it, you know? So it's really an education thing, which is the hardest to tackle for sure.
It's that time of year, guys. It's the holidays. And we want to give back to you a little bit. So we appreciate so much the time that you spend listening to our podcast when you have literally thousands of other options out there. So we're going to do a little give back this holiday season. From now until the end of the year, that's from now until January 1, 2018, we're giving first-time Active Life customers the opportunity to get anything that they want. That's an enhanced assessment, a bulletproof program, the coach program, one-on-one coaching. Your first month is going to be 5-0, off if you use the code podcast at checkout. I'm gonna repeat myself so that you guys don't think you misheard. If you use the code podcast at checkout on our website, that's performancecarerx.com, you can get our Bulletproof programs, our coach program, or one-on-one coaching, or one of our assessments for 50% off of your first month. For those of you out there who are listening and you're like, well, I'm already a member, what, what about me? We got you too. Don't you worry about it. But your stuff is coming out a little bit later. For now, we're talking to the newbies. If you're already a member, make sure you tell your friends who've been thinking about it. Use the code podcast at checkout for 50% off your first month. I don't know if we're ever going to do this again, but we're going to see how this one goes. listening to a podcast today that we're talking about um, augmented reality that's coming our way in the next few years and the idea of being able to walk into a grocery store you can essentially upload your your medical history into a data system in your computer then go to the grocery store wearing the sun wearing these glasses that will tell you yes or no on every food you want to buy that's so cool yeah i've heard of um i've just listened to a guy named peter diamandis give a talk and he's like the x prize guy Okay. And he has a microchip in his wrist that ha- gives him biofeedback to the minute. That's of like, 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 uh, what's going on with his blood? Does he have any diseases? Does he like potentially have any diseases? What should be like, that's definitely going to happen faster than people think. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that it's going to, uh, <laughs> the glasses at least will lead to a lot of depression. Cause it's like, I can't, I know it says no. I know there's a big red flashing light in front of my eyes, but I'm going to make the irresponsible decision to buy that and need that anyway. And then people are going to be upset that they did it, but what can you do? Um, so I want to kind of get into some of the practical stuff for, for people who want to let's take lose weight. Cause I think that's much more common than people who want to gain weight. And then maybe we can talk about people who want to gain weight if we have time left later on. Um, last time we spoke, you talked about improving your relationship with food. And I think that, um, had I known how good that part of the conversation was going to be, I would have done a lot more of the conversation about it. And you discussed the idea of your food is a hot, sexy date, Mm -hmm. right? So I will, I don't remember what episode number it was, but I'll, I'll talk about it in the intro. Um, so people can go back and listen to that one first or second or after whatever the case might be. Um, but you were talking about know how long it takes you to eat, sit down and do nothing else. You wouldn't be on your phone on a hot date. You wouldn't be watching TV on a hot date. Um, and I want you to kind of get into today why that's so important. What is it about having that kind of a an intentful meal makes 
having that meal more healthy, if you will. So have you ever eaten something and just finished the whole plate and like not even realized that you ate? It's kind of like you drive home and you didn't don't remember taking any turns. Like you just kind of got home. You're like, I have no idea how I got here. It's like a route that I drive all the time. I'm like not paying attention at all, but I got home somehow safe. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people eat that way. Like you'll just eat this whole meal and it's done. And you're like, wow, I don't remember eating any of that. Uh, And then at the same time, you don't feel full. You don't actually feel full. You don't remember. So you keep eating it because you're like, I forget what this tastes like. But I know it tastes good, so I want to keep eating it. So I'm going to have it again in my mouth because I want to have that taste in my mouth, but you're not actually tasting it. Mm-hmm. So if you have time to actually taste your meal, you know, taste, feel the texture of the food that you're eating. Uh, how crunchy is it? How soft is it? Uh, what, what, how salty is it? How sweet is it? If you actually take the time to pay attention to your food, you're going to get fuller faster. You're going to actually appreciate and be grateful for the meal that you have. And you won't eat as much just it. And, and you'll notice certain foods you don't actually like as much as you think you do. So I'm, I've done this with like M&Ms for instance, and I'll be like eating M&Ms and I'll notice like the crunch of the artificial layer, like the candy layer. And then chocolate on the inside and I can almost like taste the the food coloring coming off the candy and I'm just like I don't think I really like these that much (laughs) like do I really want to keep eating these and then I can just put it away and be like oh I don't really like M&Ms anymore Mm -hmm. I think people will notice some things about their habits that they wouldn't notice because you're literally not paying attention to it I think that's so true. And I, you, you said it in a better way than I would, but I've tried to repeat what you've told me on the last podcast about improving your relationship with food to people in the past. And they've said, what do you, what do you, why, why does it make sense for me to sit down at the table and eat a bag of potato chips, for example? I was like, because if you sat down at the table, opened your potato chips, smelled what was in the bag, ate one nice and slowly by yourself while you just, cause you're on a date with the potato chips, man. <laughs> you know, I'm like, eventually you're going to be like, this sucks. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> as, good as, it. it's yeah. not as good. No, it's not. It's not. Like, and that was the best I could do to describe it. But, but you know, I thought it made sense and you just, you said it a little yeah. bit better than me. It's like, you'll choose better dates. Like your standards will go up of like who you're willing to date. Like, who am I going to take the time to sit at the table with and have this date with like your standards will go up. Yes. Agreed. Um, And then, so you also talked about the time that it takes to eat your meal. So last time you said, you know, we just want to get consistent. We want to make sure you're not finishing a meal in two minutes, scarfing it down and then going, what is the relevance of time? And when I ask you that, before I let you answer, I'm doing it with a, I don't know, this this notion that people have an idea and there's a lot of mythology out there about how long it takes your, your brain to know that your stomach is full. I'm sure that that's part of it. Is there a truth to that? And is there a time or is it different from person to person? Because I've heard everything from five minutes to an hour. I'm, I mean, like everything in nutrition, I'm sure it's different from person to person. Everything in nutrition is different from person to person to the extent of your genetics. You know, like I recently just read a study where broccoli, depending on your nutrition, can cause you cancer or prevent cancer. Dude, that's a, I eat broccoli every day. 
it's like it's this is like a vast overgeneralization. Oh my um, god, you're like web MD for me right now. I'm in, I'm, 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 I'm I'm screwed. I'm in, I'm in a panic. <laughs> no, I, I would not panic. But it's it's really very individual. So it's completely, and that's where the world is heading: is to like you to be able to assess your own genetics to um, inform your nutrition choices. Yeah. But your time is different for everybody. Of, how long it takes for you to feel that you're full. I think it also depends on if you're paying, like how mindful you're being during that time. Like you could maybe take a lot of more time, but you're watching a TV show at the same time and you're not actually paying attention to your food, but maybe it took you an hour to eat the meal and you still don't necessarily feel as full as somebody who's actually only paying attention to their meal. I think there's a lot of factors that come into play, but the significance of time is, is really just kind of like, what is the significance of time when you're doing a CrossFit workout? Like, why do I have to use the clock? Like, why can't I just try and get the work done and, and whenever it takes me to get the work done? Like, it's there is a significance to that to promote, like, intensity in your workout. And this is the same thing of you just being more mindful of your eating habits. So if I'm trying to lose weight, like we discussed before, um, the first month I work with Working Against Gravity Coach, it's not going to be a ton of stuff on what my macros are and how much fat I need to eat and I'm doing too little activity. It's really just honing in these basics and making them consistent. Is that correct? Well, not a hundred percent correct. Okay. So Educate you, me. So when you start with the program, the way that it works right now, and I'm sure this will change six months from now, a year from now, it'll continue to change constantly. But the way that it works right now is you're definitely going to get a set of macros to follow. So carbs, fats, and proteins, you're going to get a lot of education on what the significance of those macronutrients are, um, how to track them, how to weigh and measure, uh, different habits and skills. And the working on the basic habits and skills comes from learning where you're already at. So we try and get to know our clients to see if they're already implementing these habits. It's, it's like saying, like someone can join our program that has tracked their macros before for two years. Like they've already weighed and measured their food. They're a total pro. They're probably going to start at a different place than somebody who's never weighed and measured their food ever. It's, it takes a little bit of time just getting to know who that person is. And it could be, you know, that person's first check-in, they literally couldn't weigh and measure anything because they didn't know how. So we're, we'll start working on just using my fitness pal or we'll start working on just trying to get protein and just trying to increase protein intake because they're noticing they're really only getting like 30 grams of protein a day. Uh, it's totally different for every person depending on where they're starting. So I think that's one of the biggest reasons why people don't start is, is the, the overwhelming mountain of knowledge that they feel like they need to gain or the overwhelming amount of effort that they feel like it's going to take. I need to weigh and measure my foods. Like how impractical is that? Can you help me help these people who, who right now are listening? They're like nodding their heads in their car or wherever they are. They're like, yeah, I don't want to weigh and measure my food. I don't want to buy a food scale. I don't want it's a mess. It's a hassle. It's a pain in the ass. I don't want to do it. How, right. how do people get over that? So I do think that there is a time and a place and there is certain instances where you don't have to weigh and measure your food. I mean, I don't currently weigh and measure my food. I think that as we get better at getting a more refined onboarding process, we could start somebody at not 
weighing and measuring their food. But right now we know that that's the most effective way for the majority of people. Um, but I would say to those people, if you're unhappy with where you're at right now, you have to do something to get something different. You have to do something different to get something different and no change is easy. So going to take hard work regardless, like you can say you don't want to do that, but what if I told you that this is going to give you the body that you want, the confidence that you've always been looking for, increasing energy, you're going to be healthier, you're going to have better performance in the gym. Would you then be willing to weigh and measure your food if you know you're going to get all those results? Most people would probably say yes, because it's daunting at first, but it does a hundred percent get easier. But it's literally, I try and especially for crossfitters, and I'm assuming most people that are listening to this podcast have done a snatch or a clean and jerk in the past. Um, if you haven't, consider like any type of um, movement in any sport. But it's like doing a snatch for the first time. You pick up the bar and you're like, oh my God, it's so overwhelming how many things I need to think about. Like, okay, I got to keep my chest over the bar. Okay, I can't let my hips go up higher than my chest goes. Like, I need to make sure I'm holding on to it. I need to make sure that I turn the bar over. Or I catch it in a squat. And then eventually, snatching is not going to take that much effort. Like, you just don't have to think about it that much. It's literally exactly. And, and I believe that. And I think that um, – I think you hit on a big point there. And people probably have tried a million things in the past. And a million is probably a slight exaggeration. And they and they might have tried measuring and weighing their food, and it didn't work. So it's it's for a lot of them, it's not the. I would imagine I'm speaking from. I don't have experience in this. I've never been a heavy person. I've never had to lose weight, um, except for like a pound and a half for a wrestling match, and and that sucked. But still, um, <laughs> but the but the but the idea is, I feel like a lot of people have tried this their own way and it wasn't effective for them. So now they're not sure they're actually going to get the results. And that's why the hassle for them is not necessarily worth it, worth the risk. Right. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is how do we give those people the confidence that this is going to work? You just need to be consistent with, and it's going to take a little while besides showing them, 5,000 before and after pictures, which you guys have at your disposal. You know, how, how else does somebody get over the hump? How do you take somebody who you care about? You're speaking right now, Adi, to somebody in their car who doesn't like the way that they look. They feel badly about it. They're dragging their ass to the gym. They don't like what they wear when they go. They don't like the way that they look or feel about anything when they go. They'd like better performance, but they've tried weighing and measuring their foods before. They're already stressed out adding weighing and measuring their foods to their life will add more stress. How yeah. are they going to get over that home? Oh, this is a hard question. This is like a million dollar question. Yeah. Well, I don't ask easy questions. This is a really hard <laughs> question. It's hard. Well, one, I, I like would remind this person that being perfect is not like not necessary. You don't have, you don't have to weigh and measure your food. There's so many I think as a company, we get lumped into this group of companies just based off people that don't really know. Like, or, I mean, it's a mix of probably not us not letting people know that we do so much more than that and people not knowing that we do so much more than that. But this really isn't just about weighing and measuring your food. If somebody came to our program and wanted to work with a coach to be accountable to their nutrition and fitness and didn't want to weigh and measure their food, we would find another way. Like this is not a one size fits all approach. It's really about just 
helping you facilitate some type of transformation in your life. And that is going to require some type of change. So maybe that means just entering food into my fitness pile, period. Maybe that means just taking photos of your food and emailing them to your coach so your coach can see what it is that you're eating. Maybe it means just trying to stay away from certain foods, like staying away from alcohol. I mean, it could mean working on meditation. It could mean so many different things. Uh, and it's not just about weighing and measuring your food. So that's like first and foremost. But I would like say the benefits of weighing and measuring your food is most of you guys don't know what it is you're actually eating. And weighing and measuring your food tells you very clearly, like the weight on the bar in the gym, like it's super black and white. This is how much you're eating. And it gives you an education that you can't get from estimating because you don't have those estimation skills refined. What I'm, what I'm hearing you say, and you correct me if I'm wrong, please, is that you need to kind of meet yourself at a place where the stress of change is lower than the potential benefit of that change. For example, if somebody wanted to get in shape and they're not exercising, they don't need to join a CrossFit gym, work out an hour a day, five days a week, when right now they're doing nothing. They can right. start with five minutes a day. For sure. Right? So we'll do not get that. Um, but, but I think that's really, really, really important, you know, because somebody looks at themselves and they say, I'm 40 pounds overweight. I want to look different. And that's, that's fine. That's great. But then they say, I want to look different by, and they set themselves this, this fast and I don't want to say unrealistic, but, but potentially unhealthy deadline by when they want to look that fast. That way. And what they don't realize is that if you really set a goal just to be consistent with that kind of a diet, you know, with, with, with maybe 10% of the time you're going to weigh and measure your food and you're going to build that up over the course of time. Yeah, it's going to cost you more money. Yeah, you're going to be with a coach for longer, potentially, if, if people leave when they hit their goal weight and they feel confident about what they're doing. So you're going to, it's going to take you longer to get there, but you're going to get there and you're going to be moving towards it. You know, I tell people this with, yeah. with their joint health stuff. They're like, ah, I don't want to build in all of that. Like, that's a lot of work. And I feel really good about going to the gym. And I'm like, y you don't need to build in all of that work. We can just start the first month. The coach who you're working with is more than happy to help you make yes, no decisions on the days you should go to your own gym and do your own gym's programming. And then they can help you with the modifications that you should be making when you go in on those dates and yeah, we can start like that. It's, it can, I think people underestimate how small of a change you need to make to make a huge change in your entire life. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking, if you go just to the basic basics, like you want to be happier. One small change you can make is wash your face every morning. Like literally something so tiny, like take care of your facial, like your skin, like wash your face and moisturize it every single morning you will be happier. You will feel better. You will be more confident. You will approach the day much more in a, like a offensive type of way. Like I'm in charge, uh, making your bed every morning. It could be drinking more water throughout the day. Like the basic, simple, 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 tiny little changes, 
But people, it's almost so simple. People don't want to believe that that's actually true. Like it's so simple. You don't want to believe that that could change my life. Sure. But, but if they think about it, you know, I've, I've told people before, like, what would change in your life? Like I have a fairly good life. I'm not going to complain about the life that I live. You know, I'm in charge of my own time. I have the house I want to have. Well, the house I want to have for now. But I have a wife who I love, the you know kids who I love, a dog who only annoys me sometimes, who I love the rest of the time. Um, but um, you know, it's like, what would change in your life if you had all the money in the world? I'm like, I get a haircut every week, and my car would be washed every morning when I walked outside. And it's like, well, why those things? What? What? Who cares about that? I'm like, how powerful do you feel? How good do you feel when you walk out of the hair shop? When you have a fresh haircut, you know you yeah. look good for a minute. And it's like, I could do anything right now. I look great. And when you walk into your car and it was just cleaned, it's like, wow, this thing is, yeah, it's that new car feeling every day. So to me, I'm like, I would be more successful if my car got washed every day and if I got a haircut every week. It's- I have I have similar simple things like that, like just cleaning, keeping the house tidy, mm-hmm. like keeping the house clean or keeping my workspace tidy. There's just, it's so much simpler than I think people think. And what we need to do a better job of educating people that are listening is that we're willing to go to that simple place with you. Like we're willing to meet you wherever you're at. And that's where we'll evolve to for sure. And, and the thing about that is for people who are listening, it's worth the money to have somebody help you with the simple stuff like that. Cause you haven't helped yourself with it yet. Sorry that my honest getting blown. <laughs> that's that's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, congratulations on having a lawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to apologize for having a lawn. It's all good. Um, so okay, let's let's go the other direction a little bit because I think that I think the bigger population of people who need help is the ones who want to lose a little bit of weight. There's more people out there like that. Like you said, we want to get rid of obesity, and that's that's awesome. Um. And it's going to take a lot of work and it's uncomfortable and it's emotional, but it's the truth. And if you're listening and you feel uncomfortable about that, you kind of need to put your pants on and go like, just, just start. Yeah. Um, But now let's talk about the population of people who are a little bit the opposite. They're, they're like the me of the world. Just want to get jacked. I'm just trying to get freaking jacked and I'm over that. But that, that is where I was for a long time. You know, you look at guys like, Jacob Hutton, he's got butt cheeks on his chest. That's that's awesome. Um, but so is it the same thing for someone who's going to be counting their macros and changing their eating habits to add weight as it is to lose weight? Or is it more important that they're eating a higher percentage of protein, for example, or fat, for example? Um, it, it really depends on who it is, but when you're gaining weight, you definitely can have, especially if you're an athlete. So if you're, if you're specifically really focusing on performance and you're trying to gain weight, uh, you can have a higher percentage of fat just because you have more calories to work with. So therefore there's not as much of a concern of the fact that you're not going to have enough carbohydrates to fuel your training appropriately. So you definitely can have a higher percentage of fat, but if that's not like a hard and fast rule, I mean, it really depends on who you are and how well you respond to fat and how well your body responds. And do you even like eating higher fat, which if you don't, we are not of the same cloth. <laughs> I love that. That's for sure. Um, so I think it really, it's, it's, um, it's different for every single person, but you can definitely 
play around with things more just because you have more calories to work with. So how does somebody who wants to gain weight figure out what they need to eat more of in order to gain the weight they're looking for? Um, how do they figure out what they need to eat more? So, so, so let me make it simple for you. How do I know if protein is my answer? There aren't a lot of you know fat shakes out there. There's a lot of protein shakes out there. How do I, you know, but, and that's what everybody runs to. It's like, let me, I need to get on that, whatever the hot protein of the minute is to get big, but that might be the completely wrong answer. Obviously we'd rather see them eating food, but how do we know if it's protein that they need or if it's carbs that they need? How do they make that decision fast? Making that decision fast is difficult. I mean, it's really just about being consistent and, and monitoring all the other factors that are that are important to you. So monitoring how you feel, your energy, your performance in the gym, your sleep quality, and whether the scale is moving in the direction you want and your body composition moving in the direction that you're... I mean, gaining weight is impossible to do without gaining any bit of fat. You're going to gain some body fat. So... Um, playing all those factors, but just keeping things consistent, like keeping things consistent. It's like a science experiment. You control as many variables as possible in order to draw like which variable moving causes what results. Well, I'm asking because I've heard people say, you just need to eat until you're full, take a deep breath and have another meal. And that, that, that doesn't, I mean, I understand it, but it doesn't seem like the right way to go. If you use that approach, gaining weight is tricky just because most often for males, it's different than females. I mean, I think I don't like to like completely overgeneralize. I do think that men also have um, issues with body image and they do deal with that kind of thing as well. But women gaining weight, I find more often struggle with that um, and how their body's changing than men. Uh, but they both do. But the hard thing about gaining weight is I find more often people are willing to deal with hunger than willing to deal with the discomfort of being full. Like the discomfort of being overly full is different than being hungry. Yes. Like it's totally different. So it's a whole other hurdle to have to tackle. And it really is like making eating your job. But most often people that are trying to gain weight that can't gain weight have this habit of, you know, they have one day where they eat like 4,500 calories and they're so full from that day that they'll have 1,300 calories the next day. And then they'll go through this cyclical pattern. And then at the end of the week, it evens out so that they didn't gain any weight at all. I think that's me. That's, but most people who are trying to gain weight do that because they're like, I couldn't possibly eat 4,500 calories again. I'm still full from yesterday. Yeah, I had a box of macaroni and cheese right before bed last night. <laughs> I I just pictured my I pictured myself asking somebody who knows more about nutrition than me and saying, "Can I afford these carbs and this fat?" And they said, "Yes." <laughs> That's what Michael does too. He sits down at dinner. He goes, "Yeah, I have just enough carbs for this." <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, have you ever thought about with working against gravity, um, collecting data and being able to turn that data into something else? Yes, definitely. And are you guys doing that? Yes. Yeah, so we're, we are, the cool thing about what we do is that we have everything in a software. So we have everyone's data neatly um, organized. So uh, we're not a hundred percent sure exactly. I've spoken to a couple different people in research positions that are looking to do like a dissertation for their PhD that would like to use our data in order to do that. Uh, it's like a mix of funding of uh, permissions to use people's information for research 
the next hurdle that we would love to tackle, which if anyone listening has any um, experience on tackling this kind of thing is we would love to be able to collect people's like A1C levels and lipid levels and um, thyroid uh, hormone levels in order to like just track that and assess change over time. But there's like a whole slew of HIPAA compliance issues that comes with storing that information. Uh, so that's like the kind of things, it's definitely the direction we want to move in to help people become more aware of their own health and fitness. Oh, so the reason I asked you that, have you ever heard of 23andMe? Yeah, I did it. I did it. Okay. So I recently heard the CEO of 23andMe interviewed. And cool. the interesting thing about what she's doing is that they're, they're essentially a data collection company that people are paying to be a part of. Right. And then what they can do with that information is they can, they have so many samples, they can start to say, wow, all these people have this problem. We can probably create a therapeutic drug, for lack of a better term, that will stop that, that will prevent it. We can let people know ahead of time that they have the following sequence, which leads to them probably being, you know, at higher risk for, for X and that they can combat it by doing these activities. Right. Um, and I feel like there's so much synergy for a company like yours and a company like that, where they have people who they're going to be getting information that says you shouldn't be eating broccoli, for example. And those people then are at a loss. They have no idea what to do. And I imagine there's a lot of people on that company who could use your company's help. Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I think that's definitely the direction that things are moving. Like when you look at the research of nutrigenetics or nutrigenomics, like just the ability to understand that your genetics mean you should be eating completely different things than my genetics. And mm -hmm. just knowing that um, is powerful information. Well, it's crazy because what it tells us is that all that anybody can really do without really intense blood work is give you the best general advice. And then use trial and error at best. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's still really new. Like nutrition in terms of research is still in its infancy, I think. Like every 10 to 15 years, you're going to see a huge shift in information. Mm -hmm. uh, like the next up and coming thing that's like starting to just really get bigger is like the microbiome and um, stuff going on with gut, gut health and what's happening there. I think that's really exciting, but it's going to continue to change and change and change and just more, who knows what we're going to learn. Can you, right. It's crazy that in five years you might be saying, I can't believe we used to do that. And it worked. Right. You know? But the thing is, like, that's the thing is you have to just do it anyways. It's yes. just about taking action. Like you can't wait for the science to catch up. Like it's just going to keep changing anyways. So yeah. you have to take action to live the happiest life that you want to live. Well, and we, we face the same issue, right? I mean, we get a lot of questions that are, you know, what studies do you have to back that? Like, none. And it's working. You know, you can, you can sit back and wait for your study to come through uh, for someone to give you permission to help somebody else. In the meantime, I'll be yeah. taking care of it over here. Totally. Totally. And, and I think that, that goes back to, and we can kind of close on this, but that goes back to the whole conversation that we've been having about how does somebody start to make the change? There is a cost to the action of making the change. There's a financial cost. There's an energy cost. There is a decision fatigue cost, right? That, that stuff all exists. But what people don't consider often enough, in my opinion, is the cost of inaction. 
what is it like to be you right now? And if you're really unhappy with that. Yeah, this is the, this is the thing that most people think about. I take this action. I might fail. Okay. I might fail. It's totally true. You might fail. I take this action. I might fail. I take this action. I might succeed. So the people that take action are like, Oh, I might succeed. A lot of most people who like are quick to take action. Like I might succeed. The one thing most people don't think about is what if you stay exactly the same? Like what if you don't fail and you don't succeed and you stay exactly in the same spot that you're in right now? I don't think most people consider that. I agree. That's a terrible thing to be in exactly the same spot, no growth, unhappy, uncomfortable in your own skin, not enjoying the way your clothes fit and not looking the way, like most of these people work out that listen to this. Like your body, if your body doesn't look the way that you feel like you're working it out in the gym, that's a shame. Like you can take action to change that. It's, it's a shame because you're in more control of it than you realize. For sure. A hundred percent. And you're, you're so powerful. Like you, we don't change people's lives. Like we help people change their own lives. That's, that's really what we do. We don't do it for you. That's, that's a, my part. It's, it, it, that's a sweet thought, but you are changing people's lives. <laughs> I mean, you're just, just giving somebody information and allowing them to run with it is changing somebody's life. Because they didn't have that information before. Yeah. So that's a change. True. Okay. We change lives. <laughs> that was so easy. You're not usually that easy to move on a point. <laughs> D, I really appreciate you coming on. I'll make sure everyone knows exactly how to find you. Um, anything you want to add before we, before we sign off? No, that was awesome. Thank you. I always appreciate uh, getting to have good conversations with you. So thank you for having me. No problem. I'm hoping to be seeing you again soon. In that pool. That backyard yeah. pool, damn that thing is well, nice. Don't put that on the podcast. I'll cut it off. I'll cut it off. <laughs> yeah, cut it off there. So I never have to give this address out. You you cut out bad there. You said I never have to give I, this address out. I got a PO box. Nice. So I don't have to give this address out. Nice. Is that your is that your forever house? I hope so. I mean, okay. it's freaking bomb. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Good for you. I hope so. All right. Good talking right, to well, you. Thanks for having me. Call me anytime. I will. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Active Life podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure you head to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating so that we can grow and reach and help more people. If you're looking for more from me and my team, head to performancecarerx.com. All the help you're looking for is right there. Until next time, guys, I'm Dr. Sean Pastuch, and the process is the goal.